Welcome to the Torah Journey Podcast. My name is Rabbi Ken Brodkin, and I've been a community rabbi for over 15 years. During that time, I've learned that the wisdom of Judaism is powerful, but it's not always easy to understand. Our weekly podcast will enrich your journey and give you practical advice about how to apply the wisdom of Judaism to your life. We'll offer you insights based on the Parsha, current events, the Jewish year, and more. This is the Torah Journey Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, it is great to be back with you. Thank you so much for joining us. As I'm recording today, it is the 11th day of the Omer. And as we go through this period of the Omer, I wanted you to consider the following question. Have you ever known someone that was brilliant in their field, but was not a good person? It wouldn't be surprising. The fact is, someone could be a great fill-in-the-blank political commentator, doctor, athlete, and not be a decent human being. I remember admiring rock and roll icons as a teen, only to learn as I grew up how self-centered these stars were. Or take someone like Steve Jobs, one of the most brilliant, impactful leaders of recent times, and yet, according to some accounts of people who knew him well, he could be cold, mean, vindictive, manipulative, and unpleasant to be around. Or think of it this way. The fact that Jeff Bezos is the richest, most successful capitalist around does not make him a good person. Examples abound of people who are, on the one hand, highly successful, but still fall short in any number of character issues, especially by Torah standards. This is in contrast with the Torah. Imagine someone who's a great Torah scholar, who knows the breadth and depth of Torah. But suppose that person was insensitive and arrogant. Can we truly call that person a Torah scholar? One of the most difficult experiences I had as a young man was meeting people who dressed the from part, so to speak, but were dishonest or otherwise bad people. I once had a from travel agent rip me off when I was in my early 20s. So perhaps technically speaking, it's possible to know a lot of Torah knowledge and not be a good person. But obviously that contradicts the very idea of what it means to be a Jew of the Torah. But even if we assume that it's a contradiction in terms to be a bad person steeped in Torah knowledge, we still have a problem. There surely are many people who can study Torah and act in less than ideal ways. So how do we assure that our growth in Torah knowledge will lead us to being better people? Stay with us today, because in today's Torah Journey podcast, we'll discover how our path during these days of the Omer can lead us to be the kind of person the Torah calls us to be, the very best version of ourselves. We are well into the period of the Omer. The Omer is a biblically mandated part of the year. On the 16th day of Nisan, after the Korban Pesach is brought in the 15th, the Jewish people would bring the barley offering known as the Omer. And from that day, we count 49 days, seven weeks, until the Shtei HaLechem, the double bread offering, brought on Shavuos. The Mishnah in Sota points out that most grain-based offerings were made from wheat as opposed to barley, because wheat is considered food for humans and barley in the Torah for animals. The Omer is an exception to that rule. It was a barley offering, unlike Shavuot's Shtei HaLechem, double bread offering that was made out of wheat. The difference in these ingredients of these offerings can be understood when we consider a comment found in the Zohar, that when we left Mitzrayim, we were at the 49th gate of impurity. 
So at the time of the Exodus, we were akin to the animal world. And from that day, we count seven times seven, 49 days of the Omer. The Maharal says the number seven is a number of completion, as we find with the seven days of creation. And so seven times seven is a complete form of completion. And in that period of striving for completion, from Pesach to Shavuos, we rise from our base animal tendencies to become greater human beings as we embrace the Torah. Now, all of this counting these days was, and perhaps still is, biblically mandated. But as we know, there's also a later, more rabbinic side of this period of time. Part of our Omer observance is mourning for the 24,000 students of Rebbe Akiva. The Gemara Yavamos teaches us that these students died in a plague that took place between Pasach and Shavuos. Now, such a loss seems unfathomable. Imagine Rebbe Kiva devoting his life to learning and disseminating Torah and succeeding wildly beyond anyone's expectations, only to later see the fruit of his labor perish. Who can fathom such a loss? Amazingly, Rebbe Kiva did not give up. He persisted in teaching Torah, and he established five great sages in place of his students. Rebbe Meir, Rebbe Yehuda, Rebbe Yossi, Rebbe Shimon, and Rebbe Elazar ben Shemoa all household Talmudic names. But hold on a second. Why did these 24,000 students have to die in the first place? The Gemara comments, because they didn't accord the proper honor one to the other. Well, not honoring one another is surely problematic, but how could something so minor beget such a tragedy? And perhaps the answer is that a plague really is a natural occurrence in life, as we know from our own times. But there's also divine providence that could save us from nature. Now, these 24,000 students of Rebbe Kiva may have been decent enough people, but they did not achieve the true realization of what it means to be a Torah scholar. The lack of kavod that they accorded one another suggested that they hadn't integrated the honor of Torah into themselves and to see that in others. And as God's providence had it, these students were subject to a plague specifically at a time when they were supposed to embody Torah traits. It's hard to point a finger and say why something happened, but we're meant to learn from the loss of these students specifically in the time leading to Shavuos. We're supposed to view the Torah as our path towards human greatness as we ascend this path. Recognizing the goodness of people, and especially of our fellow Torah student, is not just a preferred behavior. It's a fundamental part of a Torah personality. When it was missing in the generation of 24,000 students of Rabbi Akiva, it was fitting to start over with just five sages. Torah scholarship is meant to go hand-in-hand with growth and how we treat other people. Rav Chaim Soloveitchik was one of the greatest intellectual leaders of the past 200 years. As the head of the first modern yeshiva, known as Velazhin, he was famous for his conceptual frameworks and explanations of Talmudic law before his passing around 1917. But he was not only a scholar. Rav Chaim was perhaps irrationally devoted to helping people in need. 
His family recounted how their home was a bastion for the poorest people. Orphaned children were left at his doorstep. His woodshed was open for any person in the town of Brisk who did not have adequate heat. He could not sit in a warm house knowing that others were cold. His care for poor people was beyond any normal magnitude. The development of the mind of a Torah scholar goes hand in hand with the development of our personality. After all, the Torah is the reflection of God's life and God's will for us. The Torah is not merely an intellectual pursuit. It's the picture of human perfection that we strive for. And as we strive in that path, whoever we are, we study human perfection. And so it's axiomatic that in our lives, we need to intentionally seek to integrate that picture of perfection in our own personality as we walk in Hashem's path for us. But still we might ask, aren't there lousy people who learn Torah? Maybe Rebbe Kiva students prove that you can learn Torah and still not be a good person. Maybe you've seen some folks like that in the news. How do we assure our growth as good people through the study of Torah? And the answer is that the Torah itself is the ladder of spiritual growth. Torah is God's vision for man, and it encompasses both laws that we observe as well as the traits we aspire to. And the Torah provides us with wisdom of how to be good people. For example, we have a custom to read Pirkei Avos, Chapters of Our Fathers, during the weeks leading from Pesach to Shavuos. In the sixth chapter of Pirkei Avos, our rabbis teach us that Torah is greater than Malchus' kingship and Kahuna priesthood. It's evident that Torah is greater, because to merit the Keser Torah, the crown of Torah, one must aspire to no less than 48 character traits. Kingship requires 30 and priesthood only 24. Traits like humility, patience, purity, joy, serving the sages are only the beginning. And by acquiring these qualities over a lifetime, we and our lives become a vessel that is fitting to hold the holy words of the Torah. These are human qualities that our sages intuited based on their understanding of the Torah. As a Jewish people, we have an unbelievable inheritance of teachings about human greatness, from the Rambam's Hilkos Deos to the Ramchal's Mesilus Yasharim, not to mention that even something as basic as Sefer Bracious, the book of Genesis, which is a study of the kind of people that God wants us to be. Last year, I was reading a Wall Street Journal article about humility as an emerging trait for CEOs and leaders. As Jews, we've been talking about humility and leaders for thousands of years, since the days of Moshe and David. As we learn Torah, we have to do so with an intentional eye towards becoming both self-aware and aware of the traits that God wants of us. If we mindfully engage in the Torah with this intention, it will lead us to ever greater heights. And you don't have to be a great rabbi to achieve this. Everyone in their level when I was 19 years old, I was spending a year in Israel before starting college, and I went on a march of the living trip to Poland. There was a 20-year-old yeshiva student on the bus with me. He was a young man from Toronto, learning in yeshiva in Shiloh. And he took such a great interest in me. We spent many hours talking on the bus and in the hotel in Warsaw. And one day, we were in Krakow, Poland, and he led Torah learning 
for our group in the shul, the synagogue of the Ramah, the famed of Moshe Israelis. And as I heard him explaining the words of the Rambam, I looked at him and I thought, I want to learn Torah like he does. Here was just a young man who emanated the beauty of Torah for myself and for others. He later invited me to spend a Shabbos with him at his yeshiva in Shiloh. The Gemara in Bavakama teaches us that a person who wants to be a chassid, a person who wants to be spiritually great, should learn the words of Nezik. And some say the words of Pirkei Avos, and some say the words of Brachos. These are such disparate disp- disciplines. Nezikin is the study of civil law, monetary damages. Pirki Avos is the character attributes our rabbis taught us to acquire. And Brachos is how we thank Hashem for the goodness he bestows upon us. Each of these is a separate branch of that total picture of what it means to be a Jew. And while these are disparate branches of the Torah, by focusing on any one of these, we can find our path to personal greatness. As we can see, growth in Torah knowledge requires us to study mitos, character traits, and and strive to be good. Sure, it's possible to learn a lot of Torah information without integrating it in in our lives, but then we're missing the point. The Rambam writes that when we do strive to integrate the beautiful words of Torah, we're sanctifying God's name. Listen to the words of the Rambam in the Mishnah Torah. He writes, The wise man is careful about his activities, speaks calmly with people, interacts positively with them, and greets them them warmly. He never lashes back at those who insult him, and he treats everyone with dignity, even those who make light of him. He deals faithfully in business and does not party with empty people. He fulfills Torah beyond the letter of the law without appearing strange, such that everyone praises, loves, and admires his deeds greatly. This person has sanctified God's name, and the Pusik describes him, Yisrael Asher Espeirbach, Israel who brings splendor to, unto me. It may be possible to be a great fill-in-the-blank and yet be a bad person. The same cannot be said for the Torah. Torah is the picture of human greatness. It goes hand-in-hand with our ascent to character perfection. As the Mishnah and Pirkei Avos teaches us, the straight path in life is kol shetiferes lo osah v'tiferes lo mena adam. It's the path that is inherently beautiful, and it's splendid in the eyes of people. And so as you go about your path to Sinai, search for the parts of Torah that teach you about human greatness. Anyone can do it, scholar or layman alike, whether you want to study Pirkei Avos in English, Mesilas Yasharim, the Chumash, the Torah itself, as we rise in that effort, we come to understand that Hashem's ways and the path that He wants for our lives are truly good. And what's more, this path means that we bring splendor to God's name as we become the very best version of ourselves. Thank you for joining us and being part of the the Torah journey. If you've enjoyed this and you think that others would benefit from this weekly podcast, let a couple of your friends know about us. And plus, give us a five-star rating so that others will find out about us. We'll be back next week as we consider the light of Israel on Yom HaAzbos.